Welcome to season two of Talks and Sips. <laughs> this is uh, our second take. <laughs> I'm Jess. And I am Sassy. <laughs> For the second time. What you doing? <laughs> Guys, I forgot to put the SD card into the audio recorder. Okay. Okay. I know what you're sipping, but tell them anyway. <laughs> we are both drinking wine, which is probably helping in this case. Yeah, like, yeah we're drinking wet, wet wine. <laughs> it, it is wet. It is some wet wine. We're drinking wet, wet red wine. Say that five times. Wet red wine. Wet, wet. <laughs> anyway. Out of this um, catacomb wine glass, if you will. Because um, she got it. I don't know where you got it. My aunt got it for me in Mexico. (laughs) It's made its way all the way over here. It traveled to us. It truly did. On our travel episode. (laughs) I am drinking out of my son, Jerome. (laughs) And he has wine in him as well, which is like his blood. If we want to go spooky with it. And you're drinking his blood. Ooh, that's (laughs) gross. People do that in real life. Um, (laughs) All right. Well, we hope you guys enjoyed last week's little throwback to a singular camera for those who watched. I probably inserted it. I don't know. We threw a little seasoning of season one because we briefly were sending some love over to the people of Ukraine and making awareness of the unnecessary violence taking place over there. Mm -hmm. This month's principal theme, if you haven't gathered from the last one, is feminine as we are in Women's History Month. (laughs) (laughs) And it's been so fun, actually. We've been able to deep dive into very specific topics um, within our rotating themes, which is really cool. (laughs) So welcome to our travel episode with the baddest girls in town. (laughs) Yeah, like Jess said, we're continuing with our stories for Women's History Month, and we have a treat for you all. (laughs) A treat. Yes. (laughs) We're going to be going over our top three spots to visit at some revisitations for me. Um around the world <laughs> where in the world in the world maybe in space <laughs> i just really want to go to mars <laughs> and as a quote-unquote fun <laughs> twist um jess and i have picked one of each other's three spots to find some lady killers and no i'm not talking about a very attractive man meow <laughs> i'm talking about a literal lady killer so they exist out there. So we're coming at you with another true crime travel episode. Because we know you guys really, really like the last one. So yes. you just get what you like, you know, whatever. We give you what you want. <laughs> <laughs> so what's the tea? I mean, the wine. Uh, what are your top three? <laughs> well, my number one place I want to revisit slash visit. Uh, I'm sure you guys know because I've mentioned it. I feel like multiple times already <laughs> is Switzerland, which <laughs> <laughs> my plans are probably changing this year. Because as we all know, or if you didn't know, Switzerland is known for being a very neutral country. Yeah. Yeah, country. So the ongoing <laughs> joke is always, in my family at least, they're like, mm-hmm. you can't be Switzerland. You can't be like, oh, I don't get involved. It's none of my business. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, um, they're no longer neutral oh. <laughs> with the whole thing going on with Ukraine and Russia. I did see, again, a quick Google search <laughs> um, that they're going against Russia. So if you want to do some research on that. We're not talking about that today, but it's going to make a joke. Some more Putin's like listening in like, oh, they mentioned Russia. What? Switzerland is against us. You heard it on Talks and Sips. We're going to war with it. Oh, my God. What did we just do? <laughs> well, anyways, going back to the sweet, wonderful land of Switzerland. <laughs> it just seems like a fairy tale land. Mm-hmm. I always compare it to 
any kind of Dr. Seuss little village, Whoville, in mm. the Grinch, the live action Grinch, or any of the Grinches. <laughs> or if you've been to Universal Studios. Yeah. <laughs> On the tour lot. Yeah. And I just want to live in it. Mm. <laughs> it's a beautiful place. And they actually have what is considered to be one of the best education systems in the world. So if I want to, for whatever reason, continue my education over there, go into debt some more. <laughs> Yay. I could. And I would be a great, I would get great education. And on top of that, they offer affordable health care, which is a nice change from the U.S. <laughs> They're not going to be like, sorry, we don't cover your insurance. Yeah. Sorry, I know I've been your doctor for the last 25 years of your life, but I don't cover yeah. that no more. So find a new doctor. Also, your last appointment was $700. <laughs> <laughs> so the only downside that I'm aware of <laughs> is the price of everything. It could get expensive. You know, you're paying extra to cover those free things. So, right. Really... So, their gas is $10 instead of $575. <laughs> yeah, $575. Some places, $599. Oof. <laughs> Oof. I'm getting a little high up there. I'm about to get my skates on. <laughs> I'll see you in a bit. I'm going to get my scooter. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, yes. Every time you mention Switzerland, I think of the little cartoon with the unicorns mm -hmm. and how they all they want to do is go to Candy Mountain. <laughs> and it's like, I want to go to Candy Mountain, Jess. I want to go to Switzerland. <laughs> and so um, it would be a chocolate mountain. Yeah. Chocolate, cheese, anything that comes from a cow. What's the cheese that melts? Fondue. Oh, fondue. <laughs> fondue Mountain. Fondue Mountain. <laughs> it's just flowing. It's a mm -hmm. waterfall. <laughs> <laughs> well, next up, I have to say Bora Bora. I know it's basic, but I've always wanted to stay at one of those bungalows right on top of the sea. Who lives on the something something? Anyway, uh, it is super basic of you. But yes, I am basic too. Call me a basic <laughs> bitch because I would totally want to do that as well. <laughs> yeah, I definitely want to do snorkeling. It's on the list like to do within the next year or two. Mm -hmm. And, you know, it's clear water. Why not just do it there? Like oh. I could see, are there any sharks around? No, I'm going to dive in. <laughs> That's a jellyfish. I can swim away. Yeah, don't touch me. <laughs> Six feet. <laughs> or to just literally wake up because I'm talking specifically about those bungalows that are right on the sea. Mm -hmm. Like we just waking up and looking at the ocean. Look at the mountains. Like it's a good way to start your day and yeah. end your night. Yep. <laughs> so I'm I'm talking a lot. She's manifesting. It, that's why <laughs> I'm stirring happen. something up. <laughs> Universe is going to happen. <laughs> and the last of my top three, although there's plenty of other places I'd like to see, is Japan. They definitely have a ton of tourist attractions and tons of food spots. Although I am a picky eater. <laughs> <laughs> so that may be a challenge, you know, but if worse comes to worse, there's rice and there's ramen. That, this is <laughs> Living true. off of carbs here. <laughs> Tofu, popcorn, chicken. <laughs> <laughs> so some of the places that are on my list include Mount Fuji, Kyoto, which is one of the cities that's, that was spared in World War II. Mm -hmm. And it looks super like a jungle, like there's bamboo everywhere. I'm like, ooh. Mm -hmm. it's cool and the Osaka castle and more all the castles there I want to visit I just want to be a princess <laughs> yeah would you wear like have you heard of those dresses that are like modern dresses that look like princess dresses they're like 200 bucks um i forget what the brand is called but girls wear them to like disneyland all the time oh i'm pretty sure i've seen them yeah <laughs> you could probably rock one of those i'm just gonna go show up <laughs> like it's me it's me <laughs> yeah but they got some beautiful landscapes and architecture which are like my two top favorite things to see while i'm traveling so she can set her camera on, what is it? Autofocus? Auto -focus? <laughs> yeah. For you manual focus lovers. <laughs> I can't see. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I need help. <laughs> All right. Well, my top 
top three are Australia, Italy, and Egypt. And these are in no particular order. Mm -hmm. And I have yet to go to any of these places or get tattoos in these places. Um, but when I traveled to Europe years ago for a few weeks, I did opt for Spain um, at the tail end of that trip. Also, my notes say tail end. But my brain almost said Thailand. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> and I really don't regret that choice. Because um, Ibiza, like, when we were out there, it was so fun. Mm -hmm. so, like, I won't do it again like that. Maybe with the significant other kind of thing. Okay. But to go, like, rage and rave. Like, <laughs> I think I'm good. Um, but, you know, I did get to see the clear blue aquamarine water that you were talking about. Mm -hmm. And I actually got to see the where the sea divides in color. Yeah. So it was like mm -hmm. navy blue here and baby blue here. Yeah. And I'm like, how did it, it do that? <laughs> Science. <laughs> I'm no marine biologist. I don't understand, but it looks cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, in Egypt, I'd love to possibly ride a camel. I didn't say an elephant, so people don't get mad at me. I think camels can take it. I, that's the word in the curb. Is it? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like an elephant. They're both big. I'm speculating here. <laughs> um, but I also want to look freaking cool in their cover-ups and look like Zendaya and Dune. <laughs> Little piercing coming out of my face and like jewels. So you can breathe. And yeah, and then just kind of like have really cool eyeliner and just I'm talking to you guys with my eyes. Yeah. <laughs> hopefully you don't sweat it all <laughs> i know it's like smeary um okay 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 and maybe see a mummy in some you know triangles <laughs> pyramids who's the guy from the mummy movies of brendan fraser yeah maybe i'll see him there <laughs> hopefully meow um okay but all of the cheesy factors of wanting to go i'm actually really curious about community in egypt like mm -hmm. how how do people live their life there yeah um at a you know a slower pace but also how do they weather the weather, man? Yeah, you know, they're accustomed to it. So to them, it's second nature. You, you we'll go in there and we'll be like, Ew. It's so hot. He's like, it's, it's hot. only 200 degrees today. The sand Chill. is scratching. This is fine. <laughs> so let us know how it is when you go. If you live in Egypt, let us know. If you visit in Egypt, also let us know. Um, in Italy, I just want to eat all the delicious food, all the pasties and all of that, right? They probably have banger salads. Mm -hmm. um, I want to ride a Vespa to all the historical monumental buildings that they have out there. And I want to hang by the ocean and chill. Since that isn't something I do very often. <laughs> hang by the ocean or chill. <laughs> but and lastly, for Australia, I would want to see larger than life bugs like it's a bug's life. Um, tarantulas, snakes kangaroos punching each other like all of that just sounds really fun i'm just kidding that's super racist sort of i don't know anyway but i i, I do want to go over there during our winter time because it's their summertime mm -hmm. so i don't want to be sad and cold during christmas i want to be drinking and in bikinis during christmas so that's kind of why i want to go to australia really um but also new zealand is like right there mm-hmm and I really would like to visit some Kiwis. And um, I want to go to the Shire. Also, in the sense of geography, we think everywhere else is so, so small compared to the U.S. And Australia is probably like the same size, if not bigger. Yeah. So I saw this and I was like, let me see. <laughs> Google search. Yeah, Google search. Mm -hmm. And they laid the map of Australia right on top of the U.S. And it's like, because you know how the U.S. is like curved a little weird on the mm -hmm. ends? Australia is kind of like that two in the middle, though. Oh. So when you put it there, like they're about the same width. But when it comes to like those little extras, it looks very similar in size, but 
I think the Aussies got us by like a couple inches. Uh, the Aussies <laughs> are just a wee bit bigger there, mate. Um, but these are the thoughts, you know, I'm like, does it smell different because it's bigger land? I don't know. These are the thoughts that keep me up at night, guys. I gotta know. Just like Doja Cat says. But enough with that. <laughs> so just here to be a potential buzzkill for Sessie here. Uh, I discovered something that may want to make you think twice about mm-hmm. heading to the place, one of the places that you mentioned. Mm-hmm. And at the end, I will make a big reveal which of her three favorite places the events happened in. And unfortunately, yes. she already knows. I know. <laughs> it's because we share a Google Doc. <laughs> share a Google and we text each other. <laughs> yeah. yeah, anyway. On January 15, 1948, the arrest of someone known as the Demon Midwife went down. It's serendipitous that the lady killer I'm covering committed the crimes after World War II. Mm-hmm. Since last week, if you guys follow, uh, mm-hmm. we covered Iva Taguri, a.k.a. Tokyo Rose. And that all that uh, occurred right during World War II. Mm-hmm. So now we're just post-World War II. It's serendipitous. Okay. Next week, we'll be. <laughs> then we go into. Anyway, here is some pre trivia. This demon midwife's death toll was so high that to this day, she remains the most prolific serial killer in this place's history. And one of the most prolific female serial killers in the world. Mm. So not just there, in but the everywhere. <laughs> and since there's no lady killers in space, we can. We Maybe can say in the universe. In the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but for the sake of laziness, we are going to call her DM, you know, because she's a demon midwife. She's a dirty mama. She's a dirty, <laughs> dirty mama. Uh, DM was born in 1897. She came from a wealthy family and graduated from the university that I won't say the name of because <laughs> you guys need to guess. Interestingly enough, prior to 1945, at this place, you could only afford to attend college if you had money, if you were wealthy. Or, you know, if you were ready to owe in student loans. Mm-hmm. So kind of like now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I went there. <laughs> uh, DM actually got a job at a maternity hospital. And soon after, she became the director of that hospital. She got married off by her family. Because, you know, that's kind of what was going down at that time. Yeah. Like, hey, you want my daughter or what? Like, I'll, I'll give her. I'll give you my daughter for, for that cow. Yeah, <laughs> we went to the same place. Yep. <laughs> <That> cow. <laughs> um, but yeah, so like her and her man never had kids. That didn't mm. happen. Even though DM never had her own kid, though she was an awesome midwife, and many clients were stoked on her services. Mm. This place suffered from the war, as many other places did. Unfortunately, food was also scarce post-war as well. Sometimes people would stand in line for hours just for a bowl of soup. Very specific soup, I tell you. (laughs) As a result, many women would either abandon their children in maternity hospitals or leave them to die of exposure. Mm. DM would go on to kill somewhere between 85 to 169 infants. And while the final toll of the dead children is uncertain, experts believe that she murdered at least 103 babies. You know... I mean, the first time we went around, (laughs) (laughs) I was expecting you to say she was killing the moms who would leave the babies. So when you said infants, I was like, (laughs) wait, shocked. (laughs) You missed her shock. Because there was no SD card in the Zoom recorder. Here, we'll we'll, we'll redo it. (laughs) 
<laughs> for those for those listening and not watching. I know. I went. I did a jaw drop with my hand over my mouth. <laughs> Baby. Um, yeah, but you know, even at such a low number, and for those that aren't watching, I'm doing quotes <laughs> up and down because in the article I was reading. That was what they considered a low number. Also, they're saying it's a low number, but she's done the most killing. Right. Who's writing these things? <laughs> what am I reading? Um, but yeah, it makes her the most prolific serial killer of all time. Women. Women. Whatever. Okay. How did DM get caught? Let's get to it. Well, she wanted money, honey. She wanted more bread. See, she started demanding payment for her services. Some may even call it a form of extortion. Mm-hmm. DM and her man would tell the families of the babies they killed that the large lump sums would ultimately cost the family a lot less than actually raising the child. Yeah, which is like sad to say, but it's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, I can get rid of your baby and it's cut. Co- it's going to cost you a lot less than raising it. It's going to cost you 10 grand. But, you know, if you were to keep them <laughs> for a whole like, 18 years. <laughs> and like, say less. <laughs> Take my money. And so DM and her man had an accomplice, crooked doctor mate, who carried out these murders with them. And he would falsify the baby's death certificates to throw off the local ward office. Mm. Mm-hmm. So imagine this. You're just a cop on patrol, probably having some sweets because that concept can translate everywhere and anywhere. <laughs> and, you know, like if you're a U.S. cop, you're eating a donut. Donuts and coffee. If you're a Japanese cop, no offense, you're having mochi. <laughs> if you're a Switzerland cop, mm-hmm. you're having cheese or something. A block cheese of cheese. Chocolate. A block of cheese. <laughs> like, mm. Yeah. <laughs> but you'll get the point. You're just a cop on patrol having a good old day being a cop. And, uh, and then you see the remains of five victims. Oh, my. Yeah. <laughs> okay. After autopsies proved that the babies did not die from natural causes, DM and her gang were arrested. DM almost got away with it, you see? <laughs> you think, over 100 babies. This bee is getting life, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. She got eight years. Oh. DM claimed, and this was really, really like the crazy part. Mm-hmm. Okay. DM claimed that the children were abandoned by their parents. There's no evidence to prove otherwise. Yeah. And the deaths were the fault of the parents. So that's what she was claiming. Um... The public of this place said place supported this which is why they only gave her eight years the people were like yeah she's got a point (laughs) her husband and doctor friend got less time they got four years because it it was accomplice yeah it was of they omission or she was the midwife doing it. yeah <laughs> however dm's case actually had a gnarly ripple effect in the legalization of abortion in this place mm. prior to those baby murder abortions at this place it was illegal oh so you had to have the baby yeah <laughs> So by 1948, six months after DM's arrest, the Mother's Body Protection Act was passed, which paved the way for abortion to be legal if it's for economic reasons. Mm, okay, that's a good step. Or like my tia says, Cierra las piernas if you can't afford it. Close them legs. Um, but where do you think this took place? The location these events took place is... The choices are, let's give you the choices if you need a reminder. Switzerland, Bora Bora, and Japan. So, guess. Okay, okay. Are you guessing? Okay, You're you probably wrong. Okay. <laughs> it was Japan! <laughs> and DM's real name was Miyuki Ishikawa. So, bad. Bad, bad girl in town. I mean, I'm sure she's dead now. So, 
She was oh, yeah, born she's... in 1847 <laughs> or 18, whatever. She, yeah, yeah, she's dead. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, as long as maybe her ghost is still there, as long as I don't have kids when I go, mm-hmm. which I don't think I will, I think I'll be fine. Says he was not <laughs> deterred by the story. Off to Japan she goes. <laughs> well, I'm just going to tell you guys where this one takes place. <laughs> but, you know, it's kind of like a suspense of when is it going to happen. Oh. Yeah. Okay. So we, we know where we're at. We yes. just don't know when it'll happen. Yes. Okay. So this one is taking place in Australia. You know, Down your, under. your Christmas <laughs> dream. Bikinis and bevies and Christmas. And of course, I'm going to make the joke. You know, I could give you one reason not to go to spiders. <laughs> <laughs> I'm joking. Although I did recently see a TikTok of a guy walking down the street in Australia showing all the spiders above him. So here's the link if you guys want to see it. <laughs> Have you seen see it? it? No, I'm going to open this now. <laughs> hold, hold. Spiders. Australia is not that dangerous. Our spiders are courteous enough above our headline. So unless you're <laughs> Shaquille O'Neal, they're not going to bother you, really. They're just hanging out. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I still want to go. <laughs> just don't walk down the street. <laughs> Take a I'll walk in the middle of the street. <laughs> on the road. Well, anyways, we're talking about another lady killer, Catherine Knight. Uh, have you heard of this woman? Uh-uh. Okay. Mm, nope. Well, you're in for a treat. (laughs) And if you guys aren't familiar with her, I'm sorry (laughs) that you'll be hearing this. My bad. However, if you enjoy listening to true crime stuff, this will be a very interesting case. And it, like I said, it takes place in Australia. She's still alive. Oh, wow. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But don't worry, Jess. She's in prison. Okay. okay. Like for the rest of her life. So. (laughs) Oh, then the next story will. (laughs) And this is your warning. Uh, to the listeners mainly just doesn't have a choice because she has to sit here <laughs> this one gets pretty bad and could get a little graphic at the end so. so are we giving them a trigger warning yes we're giving a trigger warning you have been so. warned yeah so if that's not for you maybe check out our previous episodes skip ahead check out our bonus interviews on our patreon <laughs> get on the patreon baby yeah so now that's out of the way let's uh let's get to it <laughs> Uh, Miss Catherine Knight was born on October 24th, 1955, and she's a twin. Her sister's name is Joy, which is pretty ironic because no one in the family was very joyful. (laughs) Yeah. Well, she grew up in a very abusive household. It was more so between the parents rather than the parents really taking it out on them, Mm. which I guess is better than... (laughs) I mean, it's It's all drama. You'll hear right now. It's pretty bad. (laughs) Her dad would constantly physically abuse her mom in front of them as well as sexually abuse her her in front of the kids oh no so this actually plays a pretty big part in how she acts later so just keep that in mind early on she's learning that this is the only way to receive love Mm -hmm. so she saw the abuse in her home and took it to school fairly quickly too Mm. um she and her siblings would like constantly get in fights they were like punching the shit out of each other just like but oddly enough like if some other random kid in school was giving one of them shit, like, they would all gang up on that other person. Like, only I can mess with my sibling. I feel like that's what it was like for my siblings. It's always like that, (laughs) but this is, like, to the extreme. (laughs) So that's basically how the rest of her school life went. She didn't finish school, and she just, like, went into working pretty, like, I think, like, around 15. That's what I saw. Also, just keep this in mind. She's a pretty big woman, like height and weight. Oh, <laughs> strong. Yeah, she's strong. She's like tall. Like, <laughs> you don't want to mess with her. Mm. You know, no, I'm going to just recap real quick. Jessica's mom, she's like this Italian lady, 
very tall. Mm-hmm. Not like huge, big, but she's going to just. We're not, just to be clear, not she's not talking about herself in third person. No, I'm not. My friend Jessica <laughs> and everyone in my family is like five feet and less. So, <laughs> and I remember like, man, that lady used to cook up the most banging Italian pasta and it'd take her like three days to make it. But that's besides the point. <laughs> she had, no offense to us, man hands. If you've ever watched Seinfeld, you, you'll understand the reference. But her hands were so strong yeah. looking. And I'm mm-hmm. like, man, I would... Never want to get her mad. Like if I, was here, if I had to get backhanded by your mom as a daughter, I'd probably mm-hmm. just go flying into the wall. <laughs> yeah. So essentially, just picture those hands on her. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, she got what she described to be her quote unquote dream job, which was working at a butcher shop. <gasps> this was her dream job. <laughs> wow. And I mean, I'm all for everyone having dream jobs, you know, have, set your goals. You People know? love making steak. It's like yeah. a thing. It's an art. Yeah. There's Salt Bay. He got famous. Sure, but this <laughs> one's a little weird. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, she met her first husband, David Kellett, here. And let's just say she definitely was the one wearing the pants in all of her relationships. Uh. Yeah. They got married, which she called the shots. She basically forced him to marry her. <laughs> You're going to marry me right now. As- Essentially, that's what she did. Get this, though. Her mother actually warned him about Catherine. Oof. Being like, you're in for... Big oof. She basically told him, like, you should get out now while you can. Um, But he didn't listen. And Mm. she tried killing him (laughs) on their wedding night. Oh, Lord. So the reason for this is actually very weird. Um, They had intercourse three times that night before David fell asleep. For whatever reason, though, Catherine knew that her parents had intercourse five times on their wedding night. And this was unacceptable to her. She's like, they, my parents had the sex five times and I only had sex three times. Oh, right. Because she's seeing them. Okay. So she's like, I wanted to beat my parents record. What a weird. And this day, also three times is enough. I mean, we're t- I'm, t- I'm tired. One and done. Let's get some water. Electrolytes. So, yeah, you know, this just wasn't acceptable. And David fell asleep after three times. He's like, I'm tired. <laughs> and so she tried to strangle him the same night because she was so pissed off. Get it. Hard damn it. <laughs> Batman, Robin. Yeah, so there, this didn't scare him off, though. He was oh. like, oh, woman, I love you. Ooh, she, she's so passionate, okay? Yeah, she loves me. <laughs> um, there, But, you know, there was constant abuse on her end towards David. And she does claim that it was the other way around, that she was the one being constantly abused by all of her relationships. Mm. And, you know, I'm all one for, like, believing the victim and all that. But... There isn't any evidence behind them being abusive towards her. I think the only form of evidence was in an interview that a later uh, boyfriend, not husband, said mm-hmm. um, that he hit her once when she tried to, like, take the steering wheel or something. Oh, so it was in was self-defense. Ch- <laughs> so I don't know if I would trust her. <laughs> it's like when Taylor Swift sang about all her exes and it's like, is it all the exes' fault? Is it? well while she was pregnant with her first kid she burned all of his clothes and followed by hitting him with a frying pan who her man yeah david Mm -hmm. poor david the reason that she was ticked off is because he got home later than expected because his darts team was doing really good and they were moving forward in their competition how dare you do better than me (laughs) but yet again this did not scare him off (laughs) however shortly after the birth of their child melissa she finally had enough of her he finally had enough of her violent tendencies Mm -hmm. if that's what you want to call him and he left her for another woman and moved away from the town 
this was a bad move. Oof. Yeah, having no one to take her like her frustrations out on. Unfortunately, her daughter was on the receiving oh, end. Oh no! And she would put the baby in the stroller and like sway it like super hard, like. And it's a newborn. Wow. So, like, you know, any trauma is, like, just Her gonna... poor little brain is just... Mm-hmm. Inside of the skull. She swung her, which... A newborn. Mm-hmm. She grabbed her by the ankles. <gasps> and, you know, the whole head thing. Yeah, you, can't... you have to hold her head. Yeah. And she actually... This is very bad. Oh, trigger <laughs> she... warning. Trigger warning. She's still alive. The baby's alive. She's not that great either. Oh. <laughs> she actually left her on the train tracks knowing a train was due very soon. Whoa. But thankfully, a man who they, the town called him Old Ted, <laughs> he was walking by and found her. Okay. So he, he was able to pick her up. What was Catherine doing during this time, you may ask? She was swinging an axe around at the townsfolk, threatening everyone. <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> Not even like, oh, you know, she went to brunch with her No, she's threatening people with an axe. She's like, come at me, bitches. Leave my baby. It's like those really bad mothers that are like, don't tell me how to raise yeah. my kid. Uh-huh. Mm. <laughs> so obviously she was taken to a psychiatric hospital <laughs> and she eventually, quote unquote, recovered enough to leave. And the mo- this is the most frustrating part. They gave Melissa back to her. Oof. Like right away. The crazy thing is, though, Melissa always stayed on her mom's side. Even as an adult, like after she was put in prison for what she did, she's like, no, like it was just she was defending herself. Like she would defend Mm -hmm. her mom. And then like to us, it's kind of like why? But Mm -hmm. it's just what she was raised on. So to her, it's like like Stockholm. Yeah, essentially. Mm -hmm. So there's that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, one day, Catherine wanted to literally take David back. So she went to her neighbor's house with Melissa and asked if she could drive her to his new place. Oh. <laughs> the neighbor said yes and that she'd pick her up. And so Melissa Melissa and Catherine went back to their house, getting ready. <laughs> and her neighbor got all her kids wet, ready with her because, you know, she was the guy was at work. She's like, I can't just leave all my kids. Right. And so she got him in the van and went to Catherine's house. Catherine was pissed when she saw all the kids. Oh. And she said something along the lines of, and I say along the lines of a few times because nothing's like directly quoted. Yeah. But there's too many of you. I got to get rid of some. she said that and she took out a knife and started swinging it at them and then she starts searching for something in her front yard turns out she was searching for a gun that she hit there lord someone but grab your woman her dad came the night before and took the same gun because he thought he was either gonna hurt herself or her baby Oh, and that so, was just from the vibe he got from hanging yeah. out or something. So if he hadn't have done that or like if he would have waited another day. She would have killed the neighbor's kids? Oh, yeah. A whole family. <laughs> and then the story would have been done. That's like the friend that it's like, hey, can you do me a favor? And then, you know, and you go, okay, I'll, I'll lend you a hand and they take a harm. <laughs> like, why am I doing favors for this person? Like, yeah. So I'm sure you can see why I had to like really go throughout her life. <laughs> she has a lot of a mess. Hot mess. Um, she still managed to keep them hostage with the knife, though, and she got the woman to drive her, but they told her they needed to stop for gas. Or I believe in Australia, it's called like pe- petro, petro, petroleum. Mm-hmm. What do you need? What do you mean you need to stop for petroleum? <laughs> this car doesn't run on my ambitions and anger. Well, she was OK with them getting gas because she needed to cast a check. <laughs> well, I need money. Ho. When they got there, they were able to escape her and call the police. Oof. And the police got there right as she was trying to break into the room where they were all in. 
<laughs> just leave with the car, ma'am. <laughs> I know. She's a strooper. She's a she's super a stripper. strong woman. <laughs> she was a strooper strong woman. She was a strooper strong woman. <laughs> so when they got there, she had ripped a blade off of a lawnmower and was trying to use that to break into the door. So this is literally the Hulk in a woman. <laughs> she's just like a big bully. She is, yeah. yeah. And she was placed back in the psychiatric hospital because... Hello. <laughs> but eventually she got released the same year. <laughs> they just won't pay for her meals. Yeah. Also, mm. just to give you a timeline, this happened in 1976. So she was in her early to mid 20s at the time. Oh, man. So, yikes. <laughs> sometime in 1984, like, some time has passed. Yeah, it's an eight year gap mm-hmm. from that incident, incident to where we are now. She injured herself at work and went on a disability pension, so she wasn't really working anymore. She was just living off the checks, which she enjoyed. (laughs) (laughs) Then she met a man called David Saunders, and it made her completely move on from David Kellett. Another David. Oh, man. I know that awkwardness. (laughs) Well, she's a a fun one. (laughs) And I'm sure you're all catching on by now. This relationship is not going well either. She continued the physical abuse here, and Saunders actually had an apartment when they were dating. So when things got really bad at her house, he would just go back to his apartment. It's like, fuck this. I don't need yeah. this. <laughs> However, she knew where it was, and she'd go and like just beg him to come back. So she was very manipulative, too. Oh, man. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. <laughs> the way that she had men wrapped around her finger, I'm like, how? <laughs> she, you're like, she wasn't even, she was like, butch, wasn't she? I don't understand. <laughs> in 1987, they got into an argument in which, unfortunately, she killed his new puppy, threatening that she'd do the same to him if he ever had an affair. Lord. Mm-hmm. But of course, as we've seen in a previous in her previous relationship, he stayed. <laughs> she must have like. Well, the thing is, she was super obsessed with sex. That's what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. She her, she must have like a very powerful coochie. Yeah. Or mouth. <laughs> or both. Whatever. <laughs> what did eventually drive him away, though, was after they got into an argument, Catherine hit him in the face with an iron and stabbed him in the stomach with a pair of scissors. Oh, man. He left but came back once again to find all of his clothes destroyed. And this was his last straw and he had to go into hiding to make sure she couldn't find him. Oh, my gosh. Um, <laughs> I'm going to need protective. What is it? Custody? What is it, that program where they change your name? Oh, the whole thing. I know what it's called. But the Witness. Witness Protection Program. Protection Program. <laughs> yeah, he didn't go that far, but he needed it. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, though, I did find out, this is from the article, mm-hmm. several months later, he returned to see his daughter and found that Knight had gone to the police and told them she was afraid of him. They issued her with an apprehended violence order, an ABO, against him. Wow. Not cool, Catherine. Not cool. (laughs) Eventually, she moved on to John Chillingworth. So it's a John now. No more David. Okay. She's she's over David. One kid, though, or two? She had many kids. I just brought up Melissa because she's the one that, like, six with her. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, so she, I think at this point she already has like three or four kids. Okay, that makes sense mm-hmm. now, yeah. And I think with all of the guys I talk about. Oh, no. <laughs> so, yeah, she moved on to John Chillingworth and had another child. Sheesh. <laughs> and there's not too much I found on this relationship, but this is the only one where she herself started having an affair. So she was the one who really like wanted to leave. 
the name of this other man. So we're just moving. We're, Again? you know what? You're welcome, John Chillingworth. <laughs> <laughs> You're alive. Yeah. Um, she met this other man, John Price. Uh, so two Johns. <laughs> she was really attracted to Davis and Johns, apparently. Uh-huh. <laughs> Price had three kids at the time of his own. And that when they started seeing each other, Catherine herself already had her bandwagon too. (laughs) In some sources, I did see that his ex-wife and him, although separated, still really cared for each other and were trying to work things out. Mm. So like a lot of people said he was still in love with her. Mm. And so it makes it sad. If it is true, (laughs) it makes it sad because I only saw this in some Does that mean that with Catherine, he was settling? Essentially, yeah. He was trying to rebound. (laughs) <laughs> well price knew about Catherine's violent tendencies mm. and you know, he let her move into his house <laughs> it's cool man she just gets like that sometimes yeah from what i read his kids really liked her <laughs> like she was great with kids and down the line of the relationship she would ask for him to propose and he would refuse wow <laughs> um you know girl got the hint mm-hmm. <laughs> but no she she brought she bought her own engagement ring and literally gave it to him and was like, propose to me. He's like, no. Oh, no. <laughs> I don't want to. So, but you know, you got to stand your ground. Yeah. <laughs> Boundaries, hello. Well, Catherine didn't like this and decided to record items that he had stolen from his job. That's in quotes. Which caused him to be fired from the place he was at for over 17 years. Wow. Petty mm-hmm. LaBelle. Yeah. The thing is, though, these quote unquote stolen items, he was working at like a mining company. Uh-huh. So... He would take whatever was thrown out because of an expiration date. So he would literally go dumpster diving to get them Mm -hmm. and take them. So they weren't technically stolen. Yeah, it was going to go in the trash anyway. Yeah, Yeah. uh uh-huh. But they couldn't, uh, like some law, they had to fire him. I know, like, my friend, and this is, like, very minute, but Aaron's friend Mm -hmm. who worked at Knott's got fired because they were given a free cup and they got soda while they were off the clock. Uh and they were like, you're stealing my product. What the heck? <laughs> That's so weird. Nazi has some explaining to do. <laughs> well, obviously, this ticked him off. He's been here for so long. And he decided to kick her out. And word about her started getting around town. <laughs> and I wish I could end the story here. <laughs> but there's still more. He, for whatever reason, started the relationship back up, but didn't let her move in, which, mm. of course, pissed her off even more. And... I don't know what happened. He changed his mind. He's like, you know what? Move on in. <laughs> but at the beginning of February of 2020. No, not 2020. February of 2000. There you go. At the turn of the century. <laughs> she stabbed him in the chest, causing him to obviously kick her out again. How are these people not dying from exactly. all of this? So this brings us to February 29th of 2000. Oh, God. So eerie since leap year is supposed to mean good luck. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. He had a feeling in his gut because he told his co-workers that if he didn't come in the next day, it was because Catherine killed him. Oh, man. Mm -hmm. And they told him not to go back home. Like, they were literally like, you could stay with us. Like, cool. don't go home. Yeah, yeah. He didn't want to because he's like, well, like, what if she hurts my kids? Oh, true. Fair, So, yeah. So he went home. He got home. His kids weren't there. I think they were with his ex-wife. Oh, good. Yeah. So thankfully. (laughs) When Catherine was setting this night up, she dropped her kids off at her oldest daughter, Melissa's house, Mm. I believe. And her daughter, when she was leaving, her daughter said something along the lines of, I hope you're not planning on killing Pricey and yourself. 
So everyone had a feeling that she was yeah. gonna do something. Oh my gosh! We how are we all getting the same? I know gut somebody feeling? call the cops. Was it the eggs? Was it the eggs this morning? Oh my God! So Price went back home. He took a shower, fell asleep, and Catherine surprised him in some new sexy black lingerie. That should have been in right there. <laughs> She's about to murder my ass. She is way too sexy right now. <laughs> However, I did see in some spots that he had taken out a restraining order on her, not him. Mm. <laughs> I wrote him in the notes. No. <laughs> on her. So maybe he just couldn't resist her. <laughs> she woke him up and the two had sex and he then fell back asleep. And this is your last warning before we get into the graphic <laughs> stuff. <laughs> That night, Catherine stabbed John while he was sleeping, and he woke up in the middle of being stabbed. He tried to turn the light on. He did not succeed. Mm. But he did run out of the room. He tried to run out of the front door, and through blood evidence, they were able to see he did get a couple steps outside. Oh, bummer. But either he stumbled back from, like, the wound. Yeah, he's He's dying, literally. Hemorrhaging. Yeah, or he was dragged back in. So his autopsy report said that he had been stabbed 37 times. Uh, The stabbing is essentially what killed him. She didn't stop there, though. (laughs) Remember I said her dream job was working at a butcher shop? Oh, no. (laughs) She skinned him. Oh, no. All in one piece. Like her whole, like all in one. Yeah. She didn't, she was skilled. Bro. It's like Australian (laughs) Chainsaw Massacre. Uh, Yeah, it's exactly that. Mm -hmm. And later on, when the cops got there, we'll get to that, but one of the cops looked through the mail slot to see inside. He saw what he thought was a curtain. That curtain was his skin. Ew, (laughs) Lord. Mm -hmm. And they say that, like, she did such, I don't want to say a good job, but, like, she did a good job. she knew what she was doing. Yeah. His face was recognizable. Oh, Like, it was that perfect that there was, like, no imperfections in his face. Wow. Mm -hmm. Disgusting. (laughs) We're almost out of the crime scene. We're almost there. Lastly, they found his decapitated head Mm -hmm. in a pot on the stove, (gasps) along with some other body parts with some, like, corn and carrots and stuff like that. Uh, She was planning on his kids coming home and serving it to them. Wow. Okay, Mm -hmm. so she was, how do you, and she got out of that mental ward twice. <laughs> it's not like we need to say this, but she's literally the worst. <laughs> the police came the next morning after a neighbor saw that Price's car was still in the driveway, and he knew something was off because Price li- he leaves before he even wakes up. Right. So him and I think another neighbor went. They saw the blood on the mm, front doorstep. Door yeah, he walked out a little bit, and they called the police. <laughs> the police showed up, discovered the horrific scene, <sighs> then found Catherine. She was in his bed, and it seems as if she tried to commit suicide. However, I also found that she did a lot of, quote-unquote, attempted suicide. But they were like, she would take, like, two pills to say, like, oh, Oh. I was just so... Like, they weren't... She wasn't trying to kill herself. Uh (laughs) So, and she would do it for her partners mainly to, like, take her back and feel bad for her. Oh. Mm -hmm. Mm. Yeah. They did find a note, though, and it said... (laughs) <laughs> for read that she was not a very good speller oh, <laughs> or no. anything really time got you back joe with <laughs> jonathan for rapping she meant raping oh, man. my daughter daughter you to beck 
which is, I guess, Price's daughter, mm-hmm. for Ross, for little John, his son. Now play with little John Dick John Price. <laughs> I don't know what she is saying. Ugh. So as we can tell, you know, she's not a very good writer. <laughs> but also the ac- accusations of him raping her daughter, they were found to like, it wasn't true. Okay. So they're like, yeah, no. She was <laughs> trying to manipulate the situation. Yeah, it, essentially. She's trying to give a reason for why mm-hmm. like, it's okay for her to be killing him. Yeah. But before she took all those pills, she did have time to go to an ATM and withdraw $1,000 from his account, <laughs> which plays in during the trial because it shows that she was fully aware of what oh, she did and what she was doing. Yep. <laughs> However, she claimed and still does claim that she does not remember anything from that night. I was possessed. I was possessed. <laughs> so, yeah, that's uh, that's Catherine's story, Jess. <laughs> she's still alive. Okay. But in prison where she's apparently the queen bee. Good for her. Like, she has those big man hands. I think they call her the Nana or something like that. <gasps> mm-hmm. And she's cool with everyone. Everyone, like, knows not to cross her. <laughs> and the guards respect her. Because they'll die. I guess. So let's just hope there's no more Catherine Knights out there when you go visit. (laughs) It's because she knew she was like a strong, big lady. She was a bully. Yeah, she was a bully. It's because it's what she grew up with. So she thought it was okay. So (laughs) have fun. (laughs) Well, I I think I'll be fine in the sense that, uh, well, if the next story we cover right now doesn't happen to me, we'll get to it. Um, Then I, I don't have a penis. So mm-hmm. I don't think there's anything I could do for her. Yeah. Yeah. She also I didn't put this in the notes, but she was like she wouldn't really hurt women. So you should be fine. All <laughs> right. Well, I will be covering now another story. And this is how we will wrap you guys. So remember all that stuff uh, I said about wanting to ride a Vespa in Italy, like in the movie Luca. Mm-hmm. Um, the story. Uh, right here did make me it's a double yeah (laughs) just for a second there and and not for the reasons that i would lead you to believe Mm -hmm. Uh (laughs) the events that took place in italy inspired two movies maybe some more one a little older made by netflix it's called amanda knox i don't know if you guys have heard of it i've heard of it haven't watched it though okay (laughs) then there is another movie called Stillwater, and it's starring Ben Affleck's best friend forever, Matt Damon. I like how you, like Ben Affleck's best, best friend. friend <laughs> Matt Damon, uh, <laughs> where he plays the role of Amanda's dad. Mm. So it's from his vantage point. Oh. And that is one that I think is coming out or has already just come out this year. Oh, okay. So it's very recent. Mm-hmm. So what happened? Imagine being 20 years old, privileged enough to study abroad in Perugia, Italy, having roommates and being young and good looking <laughs> with a sexy Italian boyfriend. And then your roommate, Meredith Kircher, goes off and gets murdered. Anyway, <laughs> maybe by you or maybe not by you. <laughs> Awkward. In 2007, Amanda Knox had spent the night with her boyfriend, Rafael Solecito. When she returned to her apartment to find blood in the bathroom, her roommate's bedroom door was also locked. The police were called. They kicked in the door and found Kircher dead with her body covered in a bloody duvet. In the initial investigation, suspicions were raised at Knox's delay in raising the alarm when she returned to her home. Because I guess she didn't go right away for the, hello! Um. (laughs) So, however, around the same time, another person's DNA was found at the scene via forensics, uh, and that was Rudy Guid. I feel like 
I've listened to an episode about this. Oh. Probably. It's <laughs> I listened to so many true crimes, I was just like, <laughs> <laughs> He later admitted to being at the murder scene, this Rudy fella. Mm-hmm. But at the time, he said he didn't kill Kircher, but he was at the scene. Like, who of course are I you? Didn't do it. I was just outside the window. I was just there. I was trying like, to get into her house. I mean, <laughs> she had these really pretty flowers. I was checking out. I was like, I'm a gardener, you see. And like, yeah, I, I was just, distracted. Ugh. Anyway, <laughs> so who done did it? Rudy? Raphael? Amanda? Amanda's boss, Patrick Lumumba? Wait. How did he get roped into all this? Yeah, I don't know why he's in Anyway, who was it? Uh, well, they all got arrested for this murder. Like, it was one of you. <laughs> We're going to take you all. Uh, for insane. For insane. For insane. For insane. For insane lack of evidence. Amanda's boss, Lamumba, was released, but Amanda and her then boo, Solicito, remained in custody in Italian prison. Yes, Amanda was a fess, you see. She was a foreign exchange student, now jailed for the murder of her roommate that she may or may not have committed. It's 20, 2018. <laughs> Just kidding. It's 2008. <laughs> Amanda and Solecito got indicted for sexual assault and murder. At the same time, Rudy Guid was also being convicted for the same crimes for Kircher's death. Also, again, they're just lumping him up. Mm-hmm. And he was sentenced to 30 years. It's 2009, a whole year later. (laughs) And the trial in Italy has finally begun because we all know these things take time. Mm -hmm. Knox and Solacito are found guilty and she is sentenced to 26 years. At this point, Knox became a media sensation and is serving almost four years in an Italian prison. Again, she was just there for school. Um, So I don't know if you want to go just to school in Switzerland, Cecilia. Uh, (laughs) I get franked. (laughs) (laughs) It's 2010. Their lawyers called for an appeal with a new witness coming forward claiming that while in prison, Guid had said something about Amanda and Raphael, which is her boyfriend, Mm -hmm. uh, were not that they weren't involved in the murder. So now we're like, oh, this person said something. We got to start this all over again. (laughs) She was acquitted along with Solicito in 2011, and she actually got to come home. And this is what she said. I'm really overwhelmed right now. Um, I was looking down from the airplane, and it seemed like everything wasn't So dramatic. Buzzfeed. What's important for me to say is just thank you to everyone who's believed in me, who's defended me, who's supported my family. Dang, she's a good actress, y'all. She's crying. Did she do it? All will be revealed. Uh, <laughs> by 2013, she's thinking, all oh, is back to normal. Wow, that was weird. I like, went to jail or whatever. I'm back home, though, so that's nice. Uh, but bam, the Italian Supreme Court overturned Knox and Solito's acquittal. <laughs> and then I was like, there she goes, <laughs> standing in trial <laughs> for Kircher's murder. <laughs> and I can't understand. <laughs> well, a kitchen knife that prosecutors believed was used to kill Kircher was brought up and traces of Amanda's DNA was found on the knife. By the way, this is like over four years at this point, you know, mm-hmm. like, yeah. Been a little while, guys. Why are we? Okay. Let's move on. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't move and on. so, however, her legal team was like, uh, she used it exclusively for cooking purposes. 
That's Bro. what they all say. <laughs> I'm sure that's what Catherine said. <laughs> Amanda and Solacito were found guilty again. That's a bummer. Now she's convicted for 28 years this time. Oh. The whole case has me wrapped up like a pretzel. <laughs> and Amanda at the time said this. Having been found innocent before, I expected better from the Italian justice system. The evidence and accusatory accusatory <laughs> theory <laughs> do not justify a verdict of guilt beyond a reasonable doubt. I love that. In court, you always just say beyond a reasonable doubt. For everything. (laughs) (laughs) Then, a final twist. In March 2015, the Supreme Court of Italy overturned the convictions of both parties made a year prior, and Amanda was free to go. So, like, the highest of the highest was like, all right, guys, this is ridiculous. So, did she do it? Uh, I know, I know that she, the answer to this. I have listened to a okay. podcast about <laughs> No, I mean, she was innocent <laughs> as heck. But the real, the real scary thing is being sent to jail in a different country mm-hmm. where you don't speak the language and are away and have no family. And, you know, that's what we should all really be scared of. Well, just to have a throwback to season one. Do you mm. remember that story of, I forgot his name, where he was being convicted of something in... I think Russia, and he was in that glass box. He's like, "What are they saying?" Oh. <laughs> yeah, the guy because apparently he was trading secrets in a, yeah. in a USB drive. Yeah, that guy. Uh, oh, I can't even think of his name. He but had a very full circle. Ew, that's a bummer. Um, but being framed for a murder by the local authorities and the tabloids for a bomb ass story because really that's what this whole thing was about. Yeah. They were just like really over sensationalizing everything. Mm-hmm. She has since become an author, activist, and a journalist and penned the memoir Waiting to be Heard. <laughs> the obvious here was the Italian police and judiciary being guilty of grotesque incompetence, panic, <laughs> misogyny, misplaced national pride, and also overlooking the obvious culprit who they had <laughs> because this was, you know, a little bit more favorable you know, of believing that a photogenic foreigner knocks, see, because she's cute or whatever, uh, <laughs> was an evil witch. Because they could sell that. <laughs> Imagine. Like, I'm just going. I wouldn't know if I would do it, what I would do if I was in her position. You're like, like, what the? Did you just say I was a witch? <laughs> Did you just call me a witch? Did- defamation (laughs) but also yeah i'm kind of like a witch (laughs) anyway they made her seem like she was part of some sex group too which was also like you're reaching at this you're very like yeah she was assaulted and they stabbed her and they part of some sex thing like okay uh it was totally geed bro (laughs) and he ended up serving 13 years out of the 30 that he was sentenced oh so he's out now yeah he should oh wait be. yeah no yeah he's out yep he's out oh. that's what it was i because when i started searching the stuff mm-hmm. it was like latest was like he is out i'm like oh, oh. fudge so, so essentially you could run into him. <laughs> you could run into him but <laughs> the saying out there <laughs> i look around suspiciously is that he is reformed that's what they said about Catherine. <laughs> that is what they said about Catherine. So she, uh, Amanda does have this one last thing to say. And she basically said. So maybe that's what it is. We're all afraid. And fear makes people crazy.
Fear makes people crazy. You heard it here first. Okay, guys. Well, that wraps us up for today's episode. And as always, we leave you with the final question. Does fear... No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Does fear scare you? Does fear make people crazy? <laughs> which baddest girl in town that we went over today, so which baddest girl in town would you not want to catch in a, da- in a dark alley? Yours. <laughs> Miss Catherine. <laughs> she takes it. Yeah, man. I would say Catherine too. <laughs> I was bumping her and be like, is this a fridge? <laughs> <laughs> what is she? Yeah, I think of like, what is it? Emperor's new. Gr- no, is it Emperor? Crunk. Yes. <laughs> as a woman. Yeah, essentially. <laughs> Just not as buff, <laughs> but still strong. Strong. Yeah. So thank you all for listening. <laughs> <laughs> if you'd like to follow our podcast, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok. You can subscribe to our Patreon, all at Talks and Sips. We also have a new one coming out this week, so keep your little eyes out for that. <laughs> we have our personal accounts. <laughs> Mine is at Cecil. Mine is at JFox with two X's and two underscores. And we also have our website, ToxinSips.com, where you could check out all the links for this episode, for last everything's episode <laughs> like last week the weeks before that <laughs> oh i made a realization that when season two ends because eventually it will end mm-hmm. we would have hit 50 episodes mm-hmm. crazy <laughs> what a world <laughs> so you have 50 <laughs> options by the end of the yeah. season <laughs> plus a patreon and patreon so if you want some extra content <laughs> people and you people. want to help us out help a girl out yeah Help us out. Help us buy more wine. I'm just <laughs> it wouldn't be used for wine. <laughs> With that all being said, we have been Talks and Sips, and we'll see you on the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.